It really is the unthinkable. And it's been a big story in the news for the past couple of months. It's real estate fraud. Fraudsters posing as the owners of homes and actually successfully selling them on the open market. When I first saw this story, I couldn't believe it. A real estate transaction has to go through so many steps, and it starts with the owner hiring someone like me, a real estate agent, to get the property on the market. Then we have to negotiate the agreement of purchase and sale, and when that's done, the deal is sent on to the lawyers, and if the buyer needs a mortgage, the financial institution, then on closing date, the title is transferred to the new buyer through the lawyers. As Canadians, home ownership is our prized possession, and it's unbelievable to think that someone could steal our identity, steal our home, then sell it to someone else. I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, I'm going to talk to the journalist who broke the first story about a home getting sold by fraudsters and even closing, while the true owners had absolutely no clue. John Lancaster is with CBC News and is a team leader with the Investigative News Unit. We join John today from his newsroom. John, welcome to Sold in the Six. Hey, Desmond, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, John. John, this is an incredible story. Wow. Um, and the story you broke, the home was located in the West End of Toronto. So how did the real owners of the house find out that their home had been sold? Sure. Well, if I can just um, say something first, Desmond, uh, this was uh, not just my reporting. It was uh, my colleagues as well who work on our enterprise team here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this was a real shock for these homeowners. Um uh, by way of background, they, they moved uh, to Europe for work to, to take jobs there and planned on renting out their house, which they did. Um, uh, the tenants moved out, so they rented it out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was rented again. Um, but uh, it appears uh, the tenants may not have actually ever moved in. And in fact, other people came in and uh, had the home staged uh, and it was sold. They found out. Because um, while they were overseas, they went to on their mobile banking app to check on their mortgage payment, and uh, they found out they no longer had a mortgage, oh, which came gosh. as a real shock to them. So they reached out to their bank right away, and the bank said, well, you paid off your mortgage, your house was sold, so you don't have one anymore. Uh, and that set off this uh, incredible chain of events um, that left these people wondering, you know, oh my gosh, what just happened here? Wow. So they find out only because they wanted to pay their mortgage that their property is sold. How did it actually get on the market and and get sold? Yeah, well, what, what um, investigators believe, uh, and when I say investigators, police are investigating, of course, but um, one of the title insurance companies um, that had title insurance uh, was the provider of title insurance on this property. Um, they believe that uh, people used fake uh, identification, fake driver's licenses in, in this case, uh, posing as tenants. Uh, they moved in, then other people um, posed as the homeowners. Uh, they contacted a realtor, uh, the house was listed, um, went on MLS, um, and it sold very quickly. The, it looks like the buyers, uh, sorry, the sellers, the fake sellers, Um, which is uh, kind of the MO that police are investigating, is that they took the first kind of reasonable offer that uh, um, was was good enough. 
Um, in fact, in this case, it was the first offer that they received. They signed it back for a little bit more, and the buyers were uh, great. We'll, we'll, we'll take it, and um, they uh, they they moved in and immediately started renovating. Well, wow, they started renovating too. Okay, we'll get into the renovation part of it and these new buyers in just a second, but. It's, it seems like this all started with the tenants, you know, and, and a lack of good screening of the tenants that were moving into the property. Yeah, that and that appears to be, um, you know, the common thread through several of these homes that we've looked into that were sold uh, out from under the, the owners without their knowledge. Um, you know, driver's licenses in Ontario and other jurisdictions are pretty easy to fake these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use that... Uh, what we believe is um, the no one actually, and maybe through no fault of the realtors too, because it's 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 pretty hard to actually verify, um, you know, if a driver's license is real. I mean, there's a free service the government of Ontario offers where you can enter someone's driver's license number and it'll tell you if it's valid or not. Yeah. Um, uh, wh- whether that was done here, we don't know. The realtors involved did not want to speak to us about this. Um, oh, we do believe that uh, it was a male and female tenant posing a hus- as a husband and wife, but it's unclear if anyone ever actually met the female oh. to verify if, you know, A, she existed and if she was who she was. Um, but they also provided uh, what, we, what we now believe to be uh, fake credit scores, mm-hmm. um, fake job references for companies that uh, uh, either didn't exist or if they did exist, the people uh, who were you know, supposedly uh, the contact there don't exist. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it, it not only fooled the realtors, but the lawyers as well. I mean, these IDs were, were you know what we believe to be a single piece of fake uh, ID driver's license were used throughout this uh, transaction to, you know, list the home, sell the home, uh, you know, pay off the mortgage and disperse the funds that were left over to the people, uh, to these alleged fraudsters. Wow. This, that's wild. You know, I deal with a lot of leases and I represent a lot of landlords and leases. And I had one incident where, well, basically, we try to do as much as we can of our own due diligence on any, you know, potential tenants coming in. So this in this particular property, the tenant came in uh, through their agent. Um, we had a letter of employment from them and the credit scores. So we do our own credit scores. I don't go with the credit scores that the other agents bring in. So we do our own credit scores on them. We, 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 we go through Equifax. So we know it's at least it's legit that we have it in our hands, that we actually initiated the, the, uh, the actual uh, search for it. But the other part of it that we do is we call the employers. And we call the employer and the employer had no idea who this young lady was. So I called the agent back and I said, you're client is not known to their employer. And he says, really? She says, I'll get right back to you. So he ends up calling his client up and calling me back and he apologized. And he says, these people came to me through referral. They are no longer my clients. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry about this. But that's how easy this can happen. Um, All we have to do is just double check the information that's being sent to us. And all of this could be averted at an early stage. And, uh, in this case, that could have happened with just a couple of phone calls. Yeah, I mean, good on you, Desmond. Um, it's 
perhaps uh, other realtors don't have the, the, the means to do that, the time to do that, or don't think it's necessary. <laughs> but clearly, in some cases, uh, it is. I mean, um, you know, and there are ways to, to do it. You know, we, one of the stories we did was a follow-up on, well, mm-hmm. how do you protect yourself from this? Um, and there, there are ways. Realtors can, um, you know, especially when, it, when you're listing a home, um, you know, ask the the people who are selling it, when was the last time you changed, uh, you know, your, your bought a furnace? Mm-hmm. Who was the agent that, you know, you used to buy this house? You know, and a legitimate seller would know those things, right? So there are, there are little ways, but I... I imagine it, you know, it's a very competitive business you're in. Um, it can be awkward when you're dealing with a client, uh, when you have to kind of grill them on who they really are. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if I was a home seller and the agent was giving me the third degree, I might move on to someone else, right? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. Um, thankfully, this isn't really common. However, it's happened a lot more than, um, you know, we were up to, you know, more than a handful of homes that were stolen and dozens and dozens of other ones where people put, uh, you know, uh, mortgages on the homes without the owner's knowledge or consent. That's so, a whole other fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been around for years and years. But uh, this is, you know, actually selling someone's home out underneath them. That's kind of, you know, as people described us, you know, title insurance companies, uh, the investigators looking into these things. This is kind of like ratcheting it, it up a few knots, taking it to the next level where you're just kind of like not going after a few hundred thousand dollars on a mortgage. You're actually going to take the entire pie and, you know, take the entire value of the home. Oh, exactly. And with our average home prices here over a million dollars in the city of Toronto, it's a nice little bundle that they're taking away, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. So in, in this particular case, um, do you have any idea about the timing, you know, on how long it was before the original owners found out? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned about the mortgage payment, but how many months in between? It's weeks. Um, in, in several of the cases we looked at where the homes were, were sold without the owner's knowledge, um, you know, in one case, a uh, house was, was, was rented, uh, you know, move-in date was December 1st. Uh, by January 8th or 9th, I forget the exact date, date, it was on MLS. The home had been staged. Um, you know, people were brought in. Uh, what, what they tend not to do, uh, is put for sale signs up. On the lawn, uh, yeah. We can get into that a bit later because mm-hmm. that's how one of the people, um, you know, they had a, a great neighbor who was, you know, tipped them off. But, um, you know, if there's no for sale sign, you know, and, you know, Maybe it's it's less obvious that the home is being uh, put up for sale. Yeah, in that uh, second case that you're talking about, um, you believe that it's the same people or the same person. Yeah, we we looked at the driver's licenses used in uh, both uh, the beach home and the Etobicoke home, and the picture on the fake driver's license was the same person, uh, and the female uh, who's on the you know, the, the wife's driver's license was also the same picture. Yeah. Uh, we actually took it a step further, uh, Des, and uh, through our investigation, we actually found out the true identity of this individual. Oh, you did? Um, we haven't reported uh, their, their name yet, their real name, because they haven't been charged in connection with these things. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I can tell you this person, um, while allegedly doing this, was out on bail for other frauds, uh, has a lengthy criminal record, um, has outstanding charges in Toronto, 
uh, in Newmarket, in Milton. Mm. So, uh, you know, well known to police, as they say. Um, And, you know. A career criminal. Yeah, it's, it seems like it, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and, and he's still in the country. Yes. Was in court last week, actually. Okay, well, we look forward to that next stay, uh, step in this whole investigation, John. So um, we'll talk about the beach property, first of all, here, because I, I know the property, actually. I knew the agents who leased it out to these people as well. I haven't spoken to the agents about it. But um, like you said, it ended up... Uh, it was leased out to these to this person or and maybe this woman who nobody has seen and it ended up um just shortly after like you said they ended up staging it putting it on the market and it actually went on the MLS and sold for over asking like significantly for over asking i think it was like put on for 1.299 and went for somewhere around the 17 or 18 mark and they only found out about this because a relative um, was it was brought to their attention that uh, the house was on the market and or something to that effect. And she saw some pictures of the of the the staged product. Yeah, it was actually a neighbor um, who, uh, in that case, the lease uh, they were supposed to move in December first. Mm-hmm. Um, then in early January, they saw a moving truck pull up, and uh, they started unloading furniture. And one of the neighbors uh, thought that was a bit unusual because, you know, they, they knew the house had been rented out weeks earlier and they were thought, you know, it's a bit weird that they'd wait so long to, to move in. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to the, uh, the owners um, and the owners already had had uh, concerns because, as I said, the lease was effective December 1st when it time, uh, came time to pay January 1st rent, uh, the tenants um, – came up with all sorts of excuses that their bank account had been frozen. Um, they, they offered to pay cash. The, uh, the family who owned the home were like, no, that's not how we do things. Then they provided a, uh, a bank draft, but from someone who wasn't on the lease. And they were like, what's going on here? Like, who's this person this bank draft is from? Why are they paying, uh, trying to pay your rent? So that, you know, a couple of weeks later, uh, or a week later or so, when this neighbor alerted them that yeah, there's a you know a moving truck out there, they thought okay, this is really strange. Very strange. Um, they did some research and found out the house was actually uh, had been listed for sale, and multiple offers uh, had been received on that home. They were able to nix it at the eleventh hour. Yeah, they they nixed it. Yeah, they nixed it before it actually made it to the lawyers and 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 and, and before title was transferred. Yeah, exactly. This story about real estate fraud can be quite alarming, but if you've legitimately bought your home and you need a mortgage, I suggest that you speak to Jason Georgiopoulos of Dominion Lending. Jason, of course, will give you the best rates and deal out there available. To get in touch with him, you can email him at jasong at dominionlending.ca. Yeah, but in the Etobicoke case, uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more. So you said the the new buyers moved in and they started renovating. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, from what we gather, uh, they had another home in the area and they wanted to use this the Tobacco home as uh, a place for their families overseas who visited frequently. And they thought, well, this will be a great, great, uh, great uh, place and uh, you know, convenient. Uh, so they started renovating it. Um, and, it and it's, you know, 
it's bizarre because Desmond, when the true owners who were overseas um, contacted their, you know, property management company that had, you know, done this rental process for them and was supposed to keep an eye on the house, they phoned them and said, hey, like, you know, our house has been sold. What's going on? The property management company went over to the house, knocked on the door and, and the, you know, someone answered and the property management people went like, you know, what are you doing here? And the owners were like, well, what are you doing here? This is our house. We bought it. We moved in. Oh, boy. So the property management people explained the situation. They were allowed into the home um, and they took pictures of it uh, inside and they sent them to the couple in Europe, the real owners. And the real owners said, I think you've made a mistake here. This isn't our house. You know, you didn't even recognize you're at the wrong house, I think. And they're like, no, this is your house. It's It's been, you know. A lot of the things that you liked about your house are gone. It's been renovated, uh, floors, trim, everything. And uh, so that was, you know, almost, uh, you know, insult to injury where not only had they lost their home, but, um, you know, it had been completely changed. You know, the way they liked it was no longer, you know, that was was no longer the case. Wow, they must have been shocked. Yeah, it was, was, uh, to say the least, it was a... When we spoke to them, they made it very clear this was, uh, you know, how on earth could this possibly happen was essentially the reaction. Yeah. And then also the shock for the new buyers. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they did nothing wrong. They acted in good faith. They bought the house, paid, you know, good money for it. Um, you know, another thing the owners to Desmond said, you know, it's like the neighborhood where they live in Etobicoke um, is a very nice neighborhood, but it's nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's a yeah. typical, you know, Etobicoke suburban neighborhood. Uh, and they said, you know, you'd think they might target, you know, the fanciest neighborhoods in Toronto. But it's, you know, they'll, they'll, seemingly they'll go after, you know, they'll look for rentals uh, that, that are listed. They'll show up with an agent. um and, uh, you know, they'll especially use public land registry records to see, you know, this house doesn't really have much of a mortgage or, or no mortgage. This is the perfect target because we'll get even more money out of it. Yeah. So it's, you know, there, there's such a simple uh, fraud, but it is so lucrative. And, you know, they're using publicly available data, you know, forged public documents, the driver's licenses. Um, and they get in there, and within weeks, that house is uh, on the market. And, in, you know, in multiple cases, we've looked at it. And it's not just these two, the home in the beach in Etobicoke. There are uh, a handful of others um, that we're, we're learning about, and we've reported on some of them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing now in, in the GTA, sadly. It is. Well, I think your, your team came up with at least 30 more cases, right? Yeah, those were... Uh, homes where uh, mortgages had recently been placed on them. As far as being sold outright, we're up to uh, about seven or eight now that we know of. Oh, wow. Well, this is a full-time job for you uh, in this type of investigation. Yeah, it started off as a, so. what we thought may have been a one-off. You know, and that's how it started. Mm-hmm. I mean, the police put out that news release um, of the suspects who sold the Etobicoke home, and they didn't say, you know, we have other reports, um, and what you know. And, and for a bit of history here, these these homes were sold 
rented uh, in late 2021, like December 2021. Uh, went up on the market January 2022. But we found instances where uh, this is continuing to happen um, up until late 2022, like December 20, like several weeks ago, actually. So um, it hasn't stopped. It's still happening. No, no. No, they're always going to find a way for officers, as you know. And I know you covered the courts. That's where I first met you, actually, when I was at the National Post, and you were covering the courts for uh, for mm-hmm. CTV, and you helped me a lot. So thanks so much <laughs> for that. But I know you've seen a lo- you've seen a lot of st- a lot of things like this, and this is uh, I mean you're you're, you're perfect uh, to be on this team actually for, uh, to investigate this fraud. Oh, thanks. Um. So legally, while we're on that topic, what happens to the new buyers of that home in Etobicoke? Um, well, uh, if they have a mortgage, um, and you would know better than I does, is that, uh, you know, banks don't want to be liable for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, I think the title insurance people told us they've lost about $200 million in the last four or five years paying out these claims. Um, so banks, if you have a mortgage, um, almost all always they'll demand that you put title insurance on your home. So yeah, then it becomes exactly. the title insurer's problem, not the bank's problem. So in this case, um, the buyers uh, would get their money back if, if through their title insurance company, um, their deposit back, you know, whatever they, they put down, whatever they, they're out, they would get yeah. the majority of that back. And the people who lost their home, um, the title insurance would cover that. You'd get your home back. But home, it's yeah. not a quick process. Um, you know, this process can drag on for months and months. Hmm. And if you don't have title insurance, um, and a lot of people don't, people who bought their houses, you know, late 80s, maybe early 90s before title insurance became a thing. Um, it used to be that if someone placed a fraudulent mortgage on your house, the law was, well, you know, suck it up. Too bad for you. You, you know, you're going to pay off that mortgage, even though you were a victim of fraud. <laughs> the law changed. There was a, in one of our stories, we talk about that ruling because it was just, you know, insane that you could be a victim of fraud and uh, everyone goes, well, too bad for you. You got to pay off this, this false mortgage. So uh, now it, it's, you know, if you don't have title insurance, the law is also on your side. But boy, you know, that's going to be a lengthy process as well. You're going to have to hire lawyers. You're going to have to go to court. You're going to have to prove this was all a fraud. And again, that process can take a long time. Oh, I mean, you really can. So uh, these new buyers in Etobicoke, they obviously do not have possession of that home any longer. Uh, they've had to just leave it. Uh, they do still. Well, it's is- still being worked out. Yeah, it is still being worked out. Yeah. Right? Okay, and the um, have you have you spoken to the original owners lately, and and just got a feel on how they're going through all of this? Yeah, I mean they they want to maintain a lot of their privacy because um, mm-hmm. you know this is uh, they've been they're victims of a you know extremely substantial financial crime, um, and they wanted to protect uh, some of their privacy. They, they they agreed to speak to us uh, essentially just so they could. Uh, warn others. Um, they're, you know, obviously devastated by this. Um, they love that home. Um, and they just wanted to make sure that people are aware that this can happen and, and is happening. And essentially they were, uh, 
they wanted to speak out as you know as a public service to say like listen uh, it's not important who we are what our names are obviously we verified who they are and you know did all our, our research on that but uh, their message was basically this is an awful thing to happen to you uh, and you really don't want this to happen to you either. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? And especially, you know, with the, with the case of, um, you know, with them, but also with the, pa- the the case in the beaches area, where it was an elderly gentleman, right, who actually owned the property, and it was his family that was helping him along. But, you know, their life possession, their home, to lose all of that, and and not catch it. That that's, oh, that's that's really incredible. Yeah, it was a 95-year-old man who owned the home um, and uh, had to move into long-term care. So they thought by renting his home, um, great location in the beach, they thought that would you know cover his, his costs for long-term care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that brings up a whole other issue too, Des, is like, you know, someone had to impersonate a frail, yeah. elderly... 95 year old man um and one of the things um you know how this works is according to the corporate investigators working on behalf of the title insurance companies is there's four what they believe main you know kind of somewhat organized crime groups doing this uh, and they've carved out different parts of the city for themselves to, to target homes um uh, and there are different ethnic backgrounds, these four different groups. And, and although they compete against each other, they help each other. So if you're trying to impersonate... It's like a turf thing. That's is your turf. Yeah, but they will share what they call the stand-ins. You know, the people who rent these homes aren't the masterminds. Mm-hmm. They're not the people behind this. They get paid anywhere from five to ten grand to basically successfully sign a lease. Uh, so... You know, if, if, if a, you know, Caucasian group needs an Asian, you know, someone to, to, you know, fill in as an Asian, you know, legitimate home buyer, they'll call up the, you know, an, an, the Asian gang and say, listen, can you please send us someone, you know, who's an Asian ethnicity? Because, uh, we're in this house and the homeowners are Asian, but we don't have an Asian stand in. So they'll, they'll trade to facilitate these. But it makes you wonder, like, where did they find someone, uh, you know, who could have possibly looked and acted like a 95-year-old man? That's amazing. Uh, it's not as if it's, you know, there's a millions of 30, <laughs> 40, 50-year-olds, you know, you could easily find it, you know. But to, to find someone, and, it, you know, we reached out to um, the agents that actually sold this house because they were different than the ones who rented it, completely different realtor company. And sorry about that. And um, they wouldn't talk to us. But, it, you know, it raises questions. Is like, again, this whole verification thing. Like, did someone come up with a driver's license for a 95-year-old man? What kind of ID did they use to pose as this 95-year-old man who was supposedly selling his house? Yeah, and then when it comes time for, like you said, uh, signing the actual documents, for the for the transfer of title, what did they? Oh, wow! I had no idea that it was that complex. And, and, and they were sloppy too, Des. I mean, when they filled out the uh, MLS uh, listing form, I, I think is that the term yeah. realtors use. We use you, you, when we we reviewed that form, um, yeah. and they actually misspelled the legitimate owner's name uh, twice. 
mm-hmm. on this form. So it makes you wonder, again, how did that s- slip through the cracks, you know? Why would you spell your own name wrong twice on the uh, yeah. listing agreement? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, indicators there, you know, along the way. And, you know, I, I just... I, I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted by this because, you know, most of the people that I deal with are law-abiding people. A lot of all of the agents that I deal with, uh, they follow the law. When I hear stuff like this, it, like you said, it makes you wonder. You know, where does this? Where does the fraud start? Are the agents involved? Are the mortgage people involved? Are the lawyers involved? We have no evidence of that in these cases. Uh, you know, uh, that, that anyone was you know directly involved. Uh, um, is, is zero evidence of, of that in fairness oh. to the realtors. Uh, you know, should they have, could they have done a bit better? Maybe. I think that's a, a fair question to ask. For sure. Um, but, you know, it, the sad thing is, too, I mean, in, in a city like Toronto, I, I think the last stat I read was about 50% of people in Toronto are renters. And it's not fair to them. I, I mean, it's already tough enough to, to get a place in, in Toronto, you know, whether you're buying or renting, it's a very competitive market. Um, and, yeah. you know, the sad, th- sad thing is some people might go, oh, geez, um, I don't want to rent my home anymore. You know, reducing the pool of available yeah. properties or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be extra suspicious of every single person who wants to come and come and rent their property. And it's not really fair. You know, it's like that whole old adage, you know you know, a few bad apples type thing. So it's, um, it, it's, it's just, it stinks all around for, for everyone. Yeah, it really does. And I know one of the red flags that comes up with us when we are leasing our properties is when someone starts offering six months, one year upfront. And that does happen sometimes, but usually those people have bad credit ratings or you, you start to wonder, you know, like, why are they offering this? I know, I know it's a competitive market out here and so on. And they want to have that edge. You know, saying, look, at, you know, you're, you're guaranteed for the next six months. You're guaranteed for the next year for the rent. But also, it's a bit of a red flag. You know, it really is. So it's, yeah, I wonder where we go with all of this. Um, what kind of steps can homeowners take to avoid being a victim of real estate fraud? Uh, well, you know, title insurance is, is the number one thing. I mean, um, even mm-hmm. if your house is long paid off and you don't have a mortgage anymore, you can still get title insurance. Um, uh, it's, it's quite easy to do. Just talk to your lawyer and, um, uh, again, they'll verify who you are and that you are the legitimate owner to this. Mm-hmm. Um, things like a line of credit, um, even if you don't actually, you know, draw funds from that line of credit, it's another layer of protection because... You know, when you get the banks involved, um, you know, mm-hmm. clearing a mortgage and a line of credit, it's another layer of scrutiny, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Many of the homes that we've looked at um, had e- either a very small mortgage or no mortgage at all. Uh, so, you know, the banks aren't don't have to, you know, protect their 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 equity in that home. The you know the, the lien they have on your on your home. Um, and I think those are the, the two main things. Uh, yeah, and then the tenants watch who, you know, watch who you lease your property to. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in all the cases we've looked at, tenants never actually moved in, um, and you know, weeks later these houses went on the market. So, 
if someone rents your home and, and doesn't move in, maybe they have a very good reason. Maybe their the house was available, say, December 1st, but they're not moving to Toronto until January 1st, so they may have a very legitimate reason for not moving in on time. But it is kind of a red flag given, you know, the cost of rent. Why are you going to be renting a house you're not going to be living in, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. John, this has been such an amazing podcast. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by how complex this fraud is. I, I learned a lot from you today, especially how, the, you know, the different ethnic groups, um, how they can place different people in and so on. That That is just wild. Anyway, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, for, for joining us today. And thank you to CBC for letting you join us today as well. And um, you and your team are doing incredible work. And we can hardly wait to see, you know, what's going to happen in this story. Yeah, well, thanks. I uh, appreciate the opportunity, Des. Great to see you. And that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. It really is hard to believe that there are people out there who want to steal your home and even sell it to someone else. But... There are steps you can take, like John said. Get that title insurance. Make sure you know who you're renting to if you are renting the property. And it doesn't hurt to have a line of credit on your home as well. I want to thank my producer, Doug Downs of Stories and Strategies, for producing this podcast. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and feel free to forward it to a friend. And if you need to get in touch with me, you can email me at des at desmondbrown.ca and follow me on all of the social media platforms. And my handle is des in the six. And the six, of course, is spelled number six. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown.